Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRN-FM, and I'm joined today by the wonderful Michael J. Ross, who is uh, near and dear to me, always in my heart, even though we are miles and miles apart. So I just want to welcome Michael. Um, How are you today, Michael? Awesome. I'm actually feeling very good today, very creative today, uh, and... uh, it's always fun for me when I learn something new, and um, it's really interesting because we were talking about in our last show we were talking about uh, um, the um, oh my gosh the bits of wisdom and kindness uh, Annie Brooke the whale tale and uh, the wisdom keeper actually that that's mm-hmm. well we were talking about that and, and the bits of paper that we that uh, we uh, pick up along our path and. It just occurred to me as, as as we were talking prior to the show that my piece of paper was new knowledge that would allow me to expand what I do. You see, um, it's interesting because I don't normally think in those terms. To me, it's just a function of me jumping into something new and learning a new skill, um, something I've always wanted to do, but kind of had to think about it for a long time and how I wanted to, what I wanted to do with it. Just learning a new skill is great. However, it's better when you actually know what you want to do with that new skill and then you can then jump into it. Otherwise, you're just learning something and then you're going on to something else without applying what you've, what you've learned. And I think it's always important to apply what you've learned to make it, to weave it into your existence. Mm-hmm. So that it benefits yeah. your life in a, in a in a huge way, yeah. So there's some oh, change that absolutely. happens in your life, you know, some evolution, uh, you know, which is always the thing. So um, that uh, that is something that I um, am always interested in doing, and I, and I spoke a little bit also about the concept of uh, fulfillment, and I guess I could say that uh, some of the pieces of paper that I uh, pick up on the way are things that fulfill me. Um, mm. It's what's interesting, and I, and I talked about the fact that that what I've been doing as a career for 38 years doesn't have a beginning or an end. It's just a continuation. And if I simply focused on the continuation, um, I can get up from my desk and I can leave for a week and I can come back and I can sit down at my desk. The paper's all in the same place. I just pick up where I left off. And I have to do <laughs> some reading. In my next life, I'm yeah, going to be you. <laughs> yeah, I have to I do some reading. I wish my world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all choose our, we always choose our beds that we have to lay in, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it's, what's interesting about it is that that can be, uh, although, you know, you might see it as something really fantastic, uh, there's, the joy and fulfillment, there are small successes that happen along the way, but those successes are not the kind of successes that I attach myself to. Um, the mm-hmm. kind of successes I, that I view as being valuable, uh, invaluable to me, are the, those that happen to do with some form of connection. And in this particular case, I have been wanting to take what I have at my books and my audiobooks and my podcast and all these things that I um, that I see as tools for enlightenment, 
that can help people evolve beyond where they are, elevate their frequencies. It's something very, very simple. In, in, in my view, we all have this, this gift to, we've all been given the gift to manage and control our frequencies. And what I find is through my experience and by observation is that people are not using this power, using the gift that they were given, the gifts of sovereignty and the ability to practice personal alchemy. These are the things, the tools we have that, that can enable us to do that. So for me, uh, people ask, oh, why, how, how come you're so happy all the time? You're always so energetic. It's because I, with intention and purpose, make sure that I'm engaging things that bring me, little things that bring me a sense of fulfillment all the time. You know, if I wake up in the morning and I go to the barn, there's a sense of fulfillment I have from cleaning the stalls and I look at it and I can, it's, a, it's done for the day and I come back with my girlfriend and it's fine. Last Sunday, I left. Uh, we went, we cleaned the barn. I came home and then an hour later, I got back in the truck and drove up and took out the weed eater and did the entire arena and then I drugged the arena and, you know, and so I like the way it looked. I have a sense of, of fulfillment. I could frame it. Boom, there it is. It's absolutely so beautiful. Um, fixed a few boards, fence boards, things of that nature. The sense of fulfillment is awesome. And it, 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 what you, the beauty of having a sense of fulfillment is the energy and frequency it generates. And that energy and frequency can carry you through the day. And when you kind of level different kinds of fulfillment from different things, I might come home and vacuum the house, you know, or make sure that the kitchen is pristine, or um, actually on Sunday as well, I weeded the entire back flower bed and got it ready to put a bed of pine straw down on um, and pulled some torpedo grass. It looks great, right? So you have this sense of fulfillment that happens in different levels, and it's, it's kind of like layering, layering uh, awesome frequencies to the point where it doesn't matter what happens during the day, what goes on. You know, things aren't always going to go right. However, when you purposely put yourself at a higher frequency through the sense of fulfillment that you get from doing little projects that have a beginning and an end, um, and that, you know, it's just, you feel awesome because you did it with your hands, your in, intuition, your creativity, uh, you were inspired to do it the way that you wanted to do it. There's nobody else telling you how to do it. Um, that sense of fulfillment, layered fulfillment can really, really generate, uh, the kind of frequencies that can carry you through anything. And that's, that's what I love to do. And I, I share this with people because we live in a world today that is mainly dominated by lots of drama, lots of uh, events that, can, that are really, in my view, and this is because I see Earth as a class and a laboratory, these events are not random. Things don't happen by accident to me, in my view, in this world, and I'm sure you feel the same way. They represent opportunities for us to manage our frequency to manage our way through what's going on. Um, we don't have to adopt them as our own. We don't have to label them or judge them as good, bad, or ugly. They are things that occur. 
there are people in many ways in many, that, that get hurt, people who pass on as a result. That has nothing to do with us, especially when we're 5,000 miles away from where it's happened. We cannot adopt it as our own. It's not all we can do really, and this is what I encourage people to do, is to send love and light to those to people who have been affected by anything, whether it's you know uh, massive famine in Africa or India or anywhere else. You can you can fill the entire country in your mind. You can you can cover the country with love and light. Um, does can one person make an impact? Absolutely. That is my view. I'm making an impact by doing that purposeful thing. Do you agree? A hundred percent. You know, uh, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to to listen to you, Michael, because you know I I think about so many times. The uh, last week we talked about the the Pawnee and what Uncle Frank Davis, the the Pawnee elder, hit the wisdom that his uh, mother had imparted on him about the messages we see receive along the way. And one of the, mm-hmm. the scraps of paper from many years ago, which is in alignment with what you were just speaking about, um, uh, really literally showed itself to me the next morning after we had spoken and and really brought forth the wisdom. And I had been out of my front porch. The raccoons got into the garbage and I was cleaning it up. And I reached in to... Um, grab something and there was a swarm of wasps and they attacked my right hand which I'm right-handed um Mm -hmm. and they bit me on the back and I mean it was lots of different explicatives and (laughs) and I you know my hand swelled up to about the size of a a boxing glove and it actually sent me to um, the urgent care for some antibiotics Ooh. the next day because it got infected. But mm-hmm. one of the, the the little scraps of paper many years ago, a friend of mine had given me a deck of totem cards and animal wisdom. There's two books by Ted Andrews, who was always one of my favorite speakers. He, all, he looked at the signs that we get in nature, and he believed that each one of us has a, a totem or a spirit or animal, or when you have something like the wasping, um, that there's something that you need to pay attention to. So I, I looked up what a wasp totem was, and it says the wasp present in your life means you need to take a critical look at your priorities. Be certain the pursuits that you, that you have you need to prioritize. Ensure you choose the right battles to fight, it's futile to engage in wars that you are not certain of winning. The wasp spirit comes mm. into your life as a wake-up call. It asks you to refocus your energies on the right ventures. You can go far in life, however, this will only happen when you choose the right path to spiritual enlightenment. The wasp spirit totem bears the meaning of humility, which when you have a hand that looks like a boxing glove, <laughs> you're very humble. Um, but it, and it says it pegs your success on your willingness to be humble. The simple act of humility will open doors no matter that you never even knew existed. These will be the avenues to your prosperity. So, and, and then, you know, it, it talks, and, and I've heard a lot of different things over the years. Different people look at that energy, that um, spirit, that totem, um, a lot of it is a fortuitous thing, 
Um, they also say that it, it, you know, brings in love and truth and 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 action to refocus in a, in the right direction. So when you're you're saying that, you know, it, what is the direction you're taking in life? Where is your progress? What is it that you want to do? So for you, you've identified that you didn't have to have a wasting here to get you to pay attention. You, you said like, okay, you know what? I can refocus my energy. I can take the the right action. I know that I need in my life to have some completion. You know, you appreciate your strength. You look at your vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. and you know, you mm-hmm. you build on that. And uh, yeah, so you know, it's it's an interesting thing. And I've always, you know, for me, you know, hawks have always been really symbolic. I just, you know, when I yeah. see them, I I just there's something about their energy that really speaks to me. Um, there have been other animals in in that. The, when my friend gifted me with the Ted Andrews um, deck of cards, the first card that I ever pulled out, which I just I gasped when I pulled it out, it was the vulture, and it was the turkey vulture, and it was all about life, death, and then rebirth. So it, actually, even though it seems like a really horrible totem uh, you're going to be pulling out of a, a deck of cards that actually is about exactly what you're talking about alchemy transformation you know you mm-hmm. you were in this particular persona and you know that you need to let go of the old so that you can be reborn into something new and uh you know i think it, it's it's always very nice to be able to look at that and and i think that was what was so um, wonderful about having joseph higgins on because you know he taught us to you know really examine some of the signs Mm -hmm. that we receive in our lives so for you when you started you know getting this gift of okay i need to have completion was there something that was there an epiphany what was it that uh made you sort of rework um, what it was that you were doing? Actually, you know, I've been doing it for about 50 years. I have been engaging. uh, I don't know what, if there was any particular epiphany, because that was a long time ago and many lifetimes. (laughs) I've done a number of places I've lived in my life. But uh, what I I discovered about myself at some point uh, was that I... I enjoyed that was the somehow I, I discovered the feeling I got from a sense of completion, and mm. that feeling was something that I remembered. And back when I was a kid, I used to put together models, you know, airplanes, cars, um, as as many kids did who were my age. There were no video games, so you actually went and bought models and you you put them together. They had many pieces, and you ended up painting them and and uh, either. Uh, uh, putting them on a shelf, or in in my case, every once in a while, we 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 put an M80 in them and blow them to Kingdom Come, um, <laughs> which was, you know, I mean, sort of send them back to where to whence they came in many pieces. Uh, however, <laughs> that was about as mischievous so as, I, as I as I got. Yeah, it is hilarious. Uh, when I tell people that, they go, "You did what? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting." Um, it, one of the things that I think that's also what I love about music. Um, I, I, my mother was had the had the uh, uh, the wisdom to when I was seven years of age and I was I was um, 
beating rhythms on furniture around the house uh, and driving her crazy, uh, she said, I'm taking you to the officer's club drummer. And back in the day, uh, my dad was an officer, and the officer's club was actually a, a, a supper club. It actually had, um, it had a, a, a ballroom dance floor, a bandstand, and it had a leveled, a leveled um, terraced uh, uh, tables where you actually ate dinner and you listened to a big band. Interestingly enough, all that went away, but this was the 60s, the mid-60s, and mm-hmm. uh, they had an orchestra. Took me down to the gentleman and uh, said, he needs drum lessons. And I discovered at that particular point in my life that I had uh, a knack and intuition for playing music, for playing drums. And I still do play drums, and whenever I get a chance to sit in with people who don't know me, I love it. I've talked about that on my own podcast. Um, and it, it challenges me, and there is a beginning and an end to a song. So um, that uh, brings me a, a deep sense of satisfaction to be able to apply one of my innate gifts in that way. However, I'm going to tell you two things about what you just said. First is, I'm sorry you got bitten by wasps. Well, uh, thank you. I've been there. I was bitten last year. Um, when I, <laughs> on the barn, I was at the barn, I, I, I walked underneath I, with a weed eater. I walked around a building and happened to be two feet from this nest that was probably three inches in diameter. Oh my and goodness. As, as, as an African-American man, you never want to be two feet from a wasp's nest because what people don't understand about wasps and flies is that they, they see shadow, they see it's a prism. They see, um, they engage with life through a prism. So they see light and dark. And they don't fly at night because they can't see because it's too dark. In the daytime, they see shadows and uh, and sense in that way. And so as an African-American man two feet from a – it's summer. I'm two feet from a nest. I am the darkest thing that they can see. And guess what? I am a threat to the nest. So I got stung a couple of times. Oh, man, they got vicious. I didn't do anything to them. I guess the noise might have bothered them. Uh, however, I got bitten twice there, once on the hand, once on the back of the shoulder, uh, and, uh, and, I, and once on the arm. And uh, I immediately, just for our, our, our guests, what I, what I do is I, uh, I came home and I put a – I do what I do for yellow fly bites, which is I put a hot paper towel, wet a hot paper towel, put it in the microwave, uh, and get it as hot as I can, and I, and I apply it to the bite, the sting. Uh, as quickly as possible. And if that's an hour from now, fine. But that's what I do. I did it when I got a scorpion bite, a small scorpion bite. Um, no big deal. It's it's interesting because it does work to help bring some of the uh, venom out. When you get stung multiple times like yourself, there are people who have reactions, and you should definitely go to urgent care and get that taken care of and not try to handle it yourself. Uh, and uh, you did just that, and it's, it's wonderful. Um, and just two days ago, I put a a broken stand-up heater that we've had sitting outside. We had two stand-up heaters that that blew over in a a storm and broke, uh, no longer applicable. And I put both of them on top of some old carpet we took out of the house. We had some flooring put down. I put them on the back of a truck. And what I didn't notice, and this is really interesting how lucky I actually was, uh, I 
I had just put the second one on top of the back of the truck. Now, these things are heavy, so I had to kind of do a leaning, leveling thing, kind of get on the back of the truck and leverage them up. And then it, it took some time. It wasn't just, you know, go put it there. It took some time. Mm-hmm. Soon as I got, soon as I got the second one there, I walked away. I was about 10 feet away. And I noticed four wasps flying around. And I said, oh, my gosh. I discovered that in the top of the heater, some wasps had been crawling through the hole and oh made a little nest. Wow. And You're I'm lucky. like, oh, my gosh. I was super lucky because my head was, you know, a couple of feet away from this thing. And if they had, I rolled it. I literally rolled this thing. I made so much racket and vibration. These things could have come out at any given time. And I said, thank you very much, my angels, because I did not want to get, you know, bitten again. So what I did was I took a broomstick and I smacked it, smacked it to to tick them off because I knew I was going to drive away. And I wanted to leave them here because I had to unload them at the barn, at the the dump. And so uh, short, long story short, I didn't get, I didn't, I was able to get rid of them. And uh, uh, they left the nest. Luckily, it was daytime where most of them were out of the nest anyway, uh, going and uh, foraging uh, to, for, for what they need to increase the size of the nest. No problem. Second story. You'll love this one. And because I'm going to want to find out what the Ted Andrews has to said about, say about bald eagles. Because I was oh. sitting in the backyard. We have, we have um, four bald eagles uh, within a mile of me. And... I live on a golf course, and I'm sitting in the backyard with, with Sandy. This was a couple of years ago. And actually probably about last, I think it was last summer, uh, last spring, not this year, but the year before. And we're sitting outside uh, and listening to an audio book, and all of a sudden I hear a thump, loud enough thump. We both turned around, and a bald eagle had, we have osprey here too. Osprey go into the into the golf course lake to get fish, and then they fly away and eat them at the nest. There's a, a couple of osprey mm-hmm. nests here within a mile as well. The osprey had flown over our yard. The bald eagle, being a predator, came down from gosh knows where in the sky because they can go up as far as 500 feet and see, and smacked. So broadsided the, uh, the, the other bird, the osprey, knocked a, what must have been an, an, a nine-inch fish out of its talons. The oh fish hit the ground. We heard the, the, the bald eagle hit the, hit the bird broadside, knocked the fish out of, its, uh, out of its talons. It fell into the yard. It was wiggling, still alive. And the bald eagle proceeded to fly around our yard for about the next five minutes at about 25 feet, just kind of circle around. It was a beautiful bird. I have it on video. It was, it was here that long flying around. And I think it, and we, we didn't have the, the – we were so dumbfounded by what, this beautiful bird that we didn't go inside, which is what we should have done, so that it could have gotten the fish. Uh, but it sooner or later it gave up and it started spiraling up, spiraling up, and it went all the way up to my gosh, hundreds of feet in the air. Uh, and I guess it was going to get different prey. However, I it was I don't think in my lifetime I'll have another experience 
that close with a beautiful, uh, majestic bald eagle. It was it was it was beautiful. It was you know big and 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 gorgeous. And we tell people that story, and they're like, wow. Um, and they do that, and uh, it, it's just so interesting. So I'm really interested to hear what what uh, we'll, we'll maybe on the next show <laughs> we'll talk about what that means um, in terms of having uh, that particular bird in your in your presence. Um, turkey buzzards, they're everywhere, <laughs> but yeah. that particular yeah, bird that, was beautiful. Yeah, some of it has to do with your vision taking flight, which would make a lot of sense mm. for you know for what you're getting ready to embark on and, and sort of all the things that you share with everybody. I, I think that they were very revered um, yeah. by the Native Americans. And uh, and I think they still are honored as a, a great oh, absolutely. spirit. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, That's and, you know, and, because and I do I'm have an fascinated that, you know, that you, that you had wasps show up in your life too, because, you know, they, one of the things about wasps is that, they're very well organized and they're focused. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. part of what their thing is is about building. So if you have mm-hmm. a project that you're or plans that you're getting ready to launch, um, and it's a sign that you know you, it's it's ready to go. Um, and mm-hmm. and it was interesting that I got inoculated this time and you didn't. But I'm glad that you didn't. I was looking at sort of like a. <laughs> Almost like an initiation, you know. Yeah, there, you don't. Yeah, I since since I had one bite me in the neck when I was back in California, I learned something. You know, it, it's that one of those little pieces of paper I I picked up. I learned a lesson. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it yeah. was there. Well, and you never, also shared never, yeah. never spray wasps nest in the daytime. <laughs> oh, absolutely not! Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. no for, for sure. <laughs> and you believe you wouldn't you wouldn't believe how many people just don't know that it's like do not mess right. with the wasp nest in the in the daytime. They're they're not all there. Number one, if you're going right. to take care of the nest, you must do it at night when you're not going to get <laughs> when they're not going to get ticked off at you and come after you. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is uh, that is that is beautiful. Um, yeah. That is so unique. We have a lot of wasp nests around here. A lot. Uh, and yeah, I mean, yeah, and they're all, you know, they all have their important parts in nature and, you know, you try to respect things. And, and I, like you, I had some different rumors. I think that it was just too many stings for my system, which is why I ended up going the next day. I, I right. needed to discern the wisdom mm-hmm. of when, you know, I, I need <laughs> to have a little bit of, of extra help, you know, so I, I didn't want to go into, you know, having too much distress, um, that I didn't yeah. need to earn discomfort, you know, so, I believe you know, it, yeah, yeah, and, you know, we, we were, we were talking earlier about some of the things that you pick up along the way, and many years ago, a friend of mine, and she's from Australia, had gifted me with a book um, by a woman named Florence Goebel Shin, and the book was called The Game of Life and, and How to Play It, and Florence used to treat people not unlike you do, um, that had not physical ailments, but challenges in their life. People would come to her and she would teach them to see things differently. Um, You know, and one of the things that, you know, she truly believed was that everything was accessible to her. Uh, All you had to do was to ask. And you know, she, and she, you know, one of the favorite things that I have that I 
keep in my on my desk was unexpected doors fly open unexpected channels are free and endless avalanches of abundance are poured upon me under the grace in perfect ways because in her world everything was perfect and so me being inoculated by that wasp there was a there was a wisdom in it and there was a reason for it and and I truly do believe that I truly do believe that you know and um, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you know one of the things Go ahead, Michael. What were you going to say? No, no, no. Go ahead, please. No, go ahead. One of the things. Well, yeah. One of the things. So she, you know, she she was in what they would consider sort of a, a, a. She would look at the different spiritual laws of of nature and of life, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, I keep I I have actually a collection of books by her. You know, the, the one of them was the Word Is Your Wand the power of the spoken word and in addition to the game of life and and it's about choosing the words and the the languaging and the things that really make you um, harmonious happy and drawing in more of what you want in your life and I think you're very very good at that Um, you choose your words carefully you're powerful you're poised you look towards um, the reasons for things and then you you know you sort of approach things that no matter how impossible something looks that you can accomplish it and uh, you know I really applaud you for that yeah I thank you for that so much it's amazing one of the things one of the beautiful things about uh, Lawrence uh, Scoble Shin is the way she approached life and I have encouraged, and it's interesting that you just brought this up because um, I'm looking here at the, the chapter one of, of the game of life and how to play it, and she says uh, the game most people consider life, uh, the game, uh, most people consider life a, a battle, uh, but it's not a battle. It is a, it is a game, and it's a game, however, which cannot be played successfully without the knowledge of spiritual law and and uh, and the like, and it's really interesting because uh, I have encouraged people to see life as a game. A game is played in the five inches between your ears. Um, things happen. Everything's happening outside of you and around you. And you can become overwhelmed by it if you invest in it. You invest too much of your, uh, of your emotional capital, your time and energy focus and attention into it when it doesn't really require it. it it's, we, we, we perceive things as... as, as um, we perceive investments in things to be necessary when they really aren't. And for me, um, the the idea of managing your own emotional capital, your 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 mind, your body, and your spirit, managing those uh, along with your time and energy and 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 the like, that is that's how you successfully play the game of life is to be positive, live with love and compassion and empathy and kindness. You can approach every issue with that. There's no reason to really stoop to spending a lot of time in lower, lower frequency energies uh, because they really, in the end, don't serve you. And what they, they're, they're self-depleting. Uh, they, um, your, your, your energy is there. You have a boundless supply of it. However, it's where you direct it. 
that makes a difference. You can there was a, there was a a quote <clears throat> that uh, that one of my friends put out, and I'm going to paraphrase it on on social media a couple of days ago, which which was uh, something along the lines of uh, I have I can I can I can think about the world and have an uh, I can decide to choose to have an impact on the world or an impact on myself that day. And I thought that was really kind of interesting because to me it wasn't a choice. It's not a choice. Uh, And my response to her was when you have an impact on yourself, when you focus on yourself that day, you are in effect automatically having an impact on the world because it all starts within us. It's, It's the whole situation where um, and this is our this is the dilemma that most people find them in, which I found this this to be so interesting is that we 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 don't live in a world where there's a dichotomy between what's going on outside of us and what's going on inside of us. We create that reality, how we feel about it, what we think about it. That's how we create our beliefs about it. That creates our reality on a daily basis. So it's by focusing on ourselves, our own. Uh, energies, our own frequencies, making sure that they're operating in higher levels of love and kindness and empathy, compassion and and uh, hope and optimism, uh, fulfillment and joy. When we do that, we are automatically through our frequencies being projected out to the world, impacting the world in a positive way. There is no choice. When we do that, we're automatically taking care of of of, of the world, and you get millions of people operating that way, and the world changes because then we have a new layer of, of spiritual understanding that is applied to what's going on uh, in the world. And that's where I come from. That's where I see it. And Florence Scovel Shin seeing this as a game and, and not, a, not a battle, uh, is, is, it fits right into that, that narrative because that, uh, seeing the world, is a, is a, seeing life as a battle, seeing it as a fight and a struggle, that's a, a mindset and a perception that continually has you investing your your emotional capital, all your energy and time and focus, your your spiritual presence into something that is operating that into into frequencies that are below the the neutral line that are that are contractive frequencies. You're not adding something to the world. You're detri- you're taking something from the world. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. That, that's that's where where it is, and I think it's it's just a way we focus. You you can thrive. You can choose to thrive within any environment. The the battle is a perception. Shift that perception from battle and fight and struggle to to thrive. Uh, then you shift your energies and focus to something that has intention, purpose, momentum, moving in a direction that is actually benefiting you and elevating you versus um, taking you down. To me, mm-hmm. that's what the, the, the battle is. And I love it. I love her, uh, uh, I love her, um, her take on it. Um, because, and I've heard that um, said by a couple of other people, funny, of late in the last couple of weeks. Um, hmm. There was a, there was a Brian Scott. Yeah, Brian Scott, uh, there was a channeling uh, that he did from Quo, who... <laughs> believe it or not, said life is a game. 
Life is a game. That's the way to see it. And to me, I, you can either see it as a game, you can see life as a classroom, as a laboratory, whatever. It's something that you have complete and total control over how you perceive the game. And in, in, in doing that, it gives you what we're all kind of looking for is a sense of control in a world of uncontrollable things. Things just seem to happen. And people say, oh, how's that happen? How's this happen? Why does this keep happening? Why does that keep happening? You can get caught up in that, or you can control your thoughts, your feelings about it, your inner conversations about it, your relationship to it. You have control over that. Not what happens, mm-hmm. but how you think about it, how you feel about it. You have control over all of that and how you respond to it. And it's just a function of responding to it in a positive way that keeps your um, keeps your, your, your higher frequencies flowing versus not. Right. Well, I think when you, you know, you speak positive words, they're words that really dissolve obstacles and barriers. And when you, True. you have, um, you know, there's a million can'ts or shouldn'ts or won'ts or, right. um, you know, whatever it is. But for me, I've always been, the eternal office. I try to find the ways around it. And one of the things that she wrote about in her book, which always made me smile, was about Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. She said, because, mm-hmm. you know, Alibaba had a secret hiding place where it was behind rocks in the mountains, and there was just a magic word, a secret word that was open sesame, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you said that, it, the rocks slid apart easily you know you could try to push it no matter what it wouldn't come apart and then what she said was that when you realize uh, what that story really talks about it's you are your own rocks and your own barriers you just need Mm -hmm. to find the right words to open them up and i just i love that i i do for any you know and i'm i'm really i guess very stubborn in my optimism you know I, i if somebody tells me you you, you, that'll never work or you can't do that I, you know what? Mm-hmm. I just will not be dissuaded I, I you know I've become more determined I you know I dig in my heels I'm like no you know what we're going to figure this out I don't know how it's mm-hmm. going to happen but I'm going to figure this out and uh, I have a, a project I'm working on right now and you know they, building materials mm-hmm. are expensive right now and I was just at lunch with a friend of mine who purchased a house, a beautiful house that was originally built in the 1800s. And uh, wow. right before he was ready to close, um, a huge storm came and a big tree fell on the house and literally <laughs> completely almost destroyed the whole house. And so the owner the insurance company came back and said well we have two options you can walk away or we'll pay the pay the the owner the amount and we'll take that off the sales price and he chose to do that so now he Mm -hmm. you know the house is just not structurally sound and we were we were talking he was saying i said well you know he there he's got to demolish it and i said well what about the kitchen? What's going on with the kitchen? And I and he said, well, you know, I'm just getting rid of everything. And I said, well, I'd love to buy your kitchen cabinets from you. He said, you can have them. He said, I'll unlock the door. You go in and you can take whatever you want out of the house. And which to me is like an open treasure chest. It's like that open sesame, Michael, because now I go. have building materials 
you know, do I need everything out of his house? No, I don't, but um, it would just be landfilled, and I love to reuse things, and especially mm-hmm. from a house that was built in the 1800s. So I'll, I'll let you know. I'll yeah. keep you, my audience posted <laughs> as to what, there, what yeah. uh, there were built differently in, those in that cave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what's it's interesting, There's it, it, what never ceases to amaze me is how quickly um, – Many people I, I see around here are so quick to throw things away. Um, and the, the one thing I always ask myself is, can someone use this? Is there someone who can uh-huh. use this? Uh, and I have a whole bunch of, I finally went through my closet and pulled out a bunch of clothes that, uh, that no longer fit and that my girlfriend's been bugging me to go through there. And that's another one of those fulfillment projects. Um, mm-hmm. I went through and I grabbed a bunch of stuff one morning and it's, it's sitting in the pile. As soon as the rain stops, I'm going to, uh, put it uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a plastic bag and take it over to Goodwill, which is simply across the street. Um, I can understand if, if something needs to be, is in disrepair and, and you know, I mean, I'm, if it can be scrapped as metal, um, the, the, the dump has a, a metal scrapping, a scrap metal uh, recycling, that sort of thing. You can, you can do that. Um, what's interesting is uh, about you, what you said is that, you know, when you when you set the intention to do something, or you have, you have your little mental wish list, you put that mm-hmm. out to the universe. It can come back in a in a, in a myriad of different ways, and in ways that you uh, that wish can be fulfilled in you know for you in divine time. Uh, the most magical things happen, and again, I I think it's wonderful to go through life when 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 things occur knowing in your heart that there are no accidents and no coincidences that that your and people will be so quick to just brush that over as a coincidence or some sort of serendipity however you words have magic they have energy and that energy goes out and 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 propagates and you mm-hmm. you you have to have that mindset in order for it to occur and 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 uh what joe would more than likely say right now if he was if you're with us is joe higgins is that uh, when when people uh pass our our own um thoughts our own belief system in many cases keeps us from connecting with our loved ones who are so desperately trying to connect with us (laughs) you know it's just Mm-hmm. We we don't believe it. We don't have a belief system that will embrace the fact that someone in in, in the beyond who's just passed over uh, is is desperately attempting to let us know that they're okay. And um, it, we have to have an open mind and a belief system, and we have to make sure our emotions uh, don't play such a huge part in controlling our lives to the point where doors that would otherwise open easily as Allah open sesame um, mm-hmm. remain closed remain closed and we, we see them as obstacles and they're really not there, there is no obstacle it's just a function of our own again the five inches between our ears is preventing us from uh, from experiencing a life that we otherwise that we that we dream about that we truly and rightfully deserve in this uh, you know t- to experience it's right there it's beautiful I love it I like to know by the way here's the interesting thing a I've, I've met two amazing Finnish carpenters that can take any cabinets from any kitchen and put them in any home 
Katie oh, Warhol. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm sure you know some people. I'm sure you know some people. I, I saw a guy take stock cabinets um, that were the right size in many cases, but not necessarily configured to our kitchen. Come in here in two days, two days, turn those stock cabinets into exactly what we had that was by a custom cabinet maker 10 years earlier. Unbelievable. Actually, even better, even better. You know, this guy was a, was a genius. And I'm like, <laughs> and he had a son with him and is teaching his son the craft because his father taught him. Oh, wow. And That's beautiful, I'm sitting, I'm, bravo. I said, bravo. You know, and his, and his son really was interested in, in that. Um, that that's conversation for another show. However, um, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is that the, that people don't allow. There's in our, our society doesn't have an outlet to help people discover what gifts they have and talents they have um, oh, in the in the art. Yeah, not not. I mean, it's all about. It, this isn't gonna this, this isn't gonna help you. You know, make a living. So don't. Don't even do that. Don't do that. And you're like, right. what, what does it have to do with that? You know, it has, when, when, when I sit down and play the drums, I feel good and I can channel that energy and that, that feeling into anything else I do. And I encourage our listeners to go back and think about the last time you felt really good about doing something and take that energy and channel it into something when you have a challenge in your life. You, mm-hmm. There's more that you can do. How how did you intuit your way through that is? I call it Jimmy Jacking, by the way. When I, it's not my term, but it was so cool from, um, from uh, Amelia Earhart. <laughs> 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 Amelia Earhart used that term in in uh, Night at the Museum, the, the Smithsonian. <laughs> it was, yep. And I yep. said, you know, uh, I heard that before, me, but she's just yeah. yeah. I am constantly, you know, sitting back saying you'll have a problem and uh, something needs to be done, and I'll just, let me think about it for a moment. I'll find a way to Jimmy Jack that for you. <laughs> and I do. I figure out a way to fix something without, you know, in a very creative way. And I mm-hmm. just love it. I'm like, angels, help me, fi- help me Jimmy Jack this thing. I'm just going to sit back and, and right. give it some time and let it bounce around my head. <laughs> you know, right. you'll love it. Yep. Yeah, yep. we, so I have, we I have, have that an ability. Angel, angel story for you, Michael. So my Please, my brother yeah. went to the ER on the mm-hmm. the Fourth of July, and uh, prior mm-hmm. to uh, picking him up to take him to the ER, um, I was cleaning a house, and I found a me had left behind a Wilson tennis ball. It was brand new Wilson tennis ball. <laughs> I didn't think anything of it, so I pop it in my purse, right? Uh, I take my brother to the ER, we go through the intake, we go into the back, and I'm, I'm sitting with him. And the nurse that came in was uh, a young uh, gentleman, and his name on his name tag was Wilson. And I thought, geez, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I got a Wilson tennis ball in my purse with me, and this gentleman's name is Wilson. So I was chatting with him. Didn't really think too much of it left the hospital around 7.30. My brother was admitted. And I, um, the next day, somebody checked out of my Airbnb and they signed my guest book and their dog's name was Willie. And I thought, well, oh, that's pretty interesting. Willie, Willie Wilson. So there was three incidences. And so I, I happened to say something over at dinner and I said, you know, this might just be a coincidence, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. Well, that next day I heard after I left you I saw somebody in a Wilson 
t-shirt, saw a basketball commercial <laughs> for Wilson basketball, two Wilsons on TV characters. I think one was on Home Improvements. So I'm not sure what the other one was. <laughs> and could that just be a coincidence? So we had Scott Robinson on with us um, a right. few episodes ago. And I asked Scott, and I said, you know, uh, what do you think about this? I, I shared with him the exact series of events. And he said, well, you know, sometimes it's just to get you to pay attention. I thought, okay. Um, it didn't have any significance to me, but I, I was going with the flow. So a few days later, I uh, called my mom's brother just to let him know about my own brother and, you know, shared uh, some different things. And I said, out of the blue, I just said, you know, I just want to tell you about the strangest thing with this Wilson. And I relayed the, the story with him. And I said, you know, I, I said, it doesn't, I said, I know it probably, you probably think I'm silly. And he said, well, no, actually not. He said, it has meaning to me. And I said, really? I said, and he said, but Wilson isn't spelled the same way. It's spelled W-I-L-L-S-U-N. He said, it was an angel that came to me many years ago, and I have um, been connected to, and when I heard your brother was undergoing some challenges, I asked this angel to intervene, and I just caught my breath, you know, and I, um, you know, obviously there was nothing that spelled W-I-L. L-S-U-N, in in my universe that would be pretty prominent or get me to pay attention. But, um, and I still get shivers when I think about it. But, you know, so sometimes when you have incidences like that, it may not have significance to you, but it's just entrusting and sharing with somebody else that you can really understand that wisdom and to know that there is a bigger power out there watching over us and caring for us and that we do, you know, um, have to have that faith, you know, that that Florence Scovelshin, you know, spoke about and wrote about. And, um, you know, one of the things, you know, she always... um, you know, talked about, you know, that that was one of the the things that our lives were divinely designed and that things come to pass and that we are where we are supposed to be because we're, you know, fully equipped for every situation. And and I think, you know, it was just a, a really profound reminder of that. And I was grateful that the mystery was solved <laughs> as a, as a Pink Panther, um, Peter Sellers used to say, the case is solved. And uh, yeah, so my, my um, mystery was solved. And um, it brought me a lot of peace and a lot of um, just trust and knowing that uh, we're all cared for on a very deep level. And, uh, that is yeah. so true. That is so true. Beautiful. I, yeah, we are equipped uh, to handle anything. And uh, even though life didn't come with an instruction book, uh, there are many pieces of paper along the way that you can pick up and learn how to uh, actually um, be a positive participant in it. Uh, it just takes a, a lot of awareness to remain uh, cognizant that you have that ability. And uh, mm-hmm. I know on my Life Moves podcast and on this one, Connect to Love, the Love podcast that we produce from the show, that, that uh, that's, that's what we uh, attempt to uh, communicate every single week. You know, you don't have to... Um, you don't have to uh, 
be resigned to your circumstances. You can, I always think about Nelson Mandela, which is interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of mm-hmm. leave, uh, leave with this. Nelson Mandela, 27 years in a prison cell. Uh, that was, I think, six by six, something like that. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, however, uh, he never blamed his captors. He didn't, he didn't uh, make himself out to be a victim. Uh, he found a way to uh, thrive in his circumstances. And when he was let out 27 years later, he, was not, he didn't have a, a vindictive uh, bone in his body. Uh, and what I believe was said about him was that he realized that anger would and hate would eat him from the inside out, would destroy him from the inside mm-hmm. out. And we all have to remind ourselves that the, when we operate for very long periods from lower frequencies of jealousy and envy and hate and anger and fear and frustration and worry, uh, anxiety uh, and uh, non-clinical depression, uh, despair, so, so to speak, we, we uh, are not doing ourselves any favor. We're not doing our health any favor uh, at all. It, it manifests in a, in a negative way, not only in ourselves, but in our lives and in the people around us. And that's what we attract to ourselves, circumstances that continually uh, validate our own, uh, what, we're, what we're thinking, our own thinking. And we, can, we have a choice about the, the, what we think. And we can choose to change our thinking. And in changing our thinking, we uh, can, in effect, change our outer world. And that's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I think about that all the time. I think it's so, I, I want to use that example all the time to people, you know, like, what if you had to spend 27 years in a six by six cell and, you know, and, uh, uh, and you didn't get to see anyone, you know, you didn't get to see relatives or anything else. And what would that, what do you think that would do with you? Well, you'd have to really strengthen your mind. You'd have to shift your perceptions about your circumstances. And that's what we have to do every single day because we're faced with things that in many cases are not the most pleasant, yet we have to shift our perceptions about them in order to move forward with our lives and continue our own evolution. Pick up some more pieces of paper uh, to get us from point A to point Z. So I'll leave you with Thank that. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, and so it is. I'm so grateful to each one of you for turning into us here at Connect to Love. And uh, also, please do check out um, Michael's podcast, the Life Moves podcast, and also the Angel Life Journals. Um, I have my one for Courage and Strength, the Journal of Courage and Strength. They're available on Amazon. And I would encourage everybody to, to, you know, there's just so so much love and wisdom that went into each one of them. And I'm very grateful to you, Michael. So, you know, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, and thank you all for joining us here on PRNFM. And and as you said, Michael, you know, each one of us, is a is a joy and a wonder and a gift to this world and you know be harmonious happy you know shine and you you deserve everything that you know all the good that life offers and uh, just absolutely you know in your heart drop into your heart and and connect to to connect to love believe it believe it yeah and so next time (laughs) till next time take care yourself be well